Welcome. Thanks so much for tuning in to Story You Talk Radio. I'm your host, Coach Debbie. And since you all wrote to me and said you got so much out of our last show where we talked a lot about editing, I thought we'd continue talking about editing because last time I was just giving you what I could fit in for that hour. I was giving you my best ideas, of course, but I think today we'll go even further and we're going to talk about some questions that you might pose to the editor that you are trying to hire. We're going to talk about things like your query letter and kind of that long-term game of being a writer, how all that fits into editing. And of course, I'm going to take your questions. So I'd love it if you would call in. We have the lines open here. Eric will take your calls. Our number here is 1-888-298-5569. You can write to me on Facebook Messenger, or you can send me an email. And my email is debbie at coachdebbie.com. And Debbie is spelled D-E-B-B-Y. Debbie at CoachDebbie.com. I would love to take your questions about editing. Here at Story You Talk Radio, I'm all about the stories you live by and the stories you're writing. I help people write their books, their blogs, their brands, their speeches, their love letters. We, we have an array of things we can work on. I also have quite a background as an editor, and one of the things that I know is that you do not want to hire that editor who says, oh, I could edit your book for you because I used to edit my little sister's essays. No, 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 no. You want a professional editing your book. You want to pay the top dollar you can possibly afford for that editor. Why? Because you want a gorgeous book. You come to the writing process with wonderful ideas. You want them to shine. And that's what an editor does. They do not let you go out into the world being in any way dull or repetitive or ridiculous or whatever else your inner critic is telling you that could happen. An editor completely has your back. They work with the genre that you work with. They offer you a particular timeline to work on. The editor is, in many cases, a bit specialized. They might be the person that you go to early in the book, like like me. I'm a developmental and evaluative and content editor. I work with people in the earlier stages of ideas and writing. I don't do what we call line-by-line editing anymore. I did it for many, many years, but I don't do it anymore. Why? Because I was worried I was going to lose my eyesight over it. But there are plenty of young people out there 
that can afford to sit there and line by line go over every single last thing you've written. So we're going to talk all about these stages. I'm going to give you a little review of what we talked about last week. I'm going to bring in some questions that came up after last week's show. I'm going to add in any questions you have for this week. And then we're going to, we're going to talk about how to keep going forward and thinking about editing. Surprise here, it's just as important to have a high-quality editor on your team as it is for you to be the writer of your book. What I mean by this is a lot of people think, well, if I have a great idea, don't I just need to call up the the ghost editor or uh, the ghost writer down the block and fork over 15 grand and let them take the big risk and put me out there in the world? Well, this is how I kind of think about ghostwriting. I'm sure there's some very good ghostwriters out there. I, I'm sure there are. But it's sort of like this. When you have children, how much time do you want other people raising your children? I mean, granted, you might need a nanny a few days a week, and you might need grandma and grandpa to step in on the weekend every now and then so you and your honey can get the heck out of town and rest, right? But you don't want anyone completely taking over rearing your kids. Unless, unless, of course, you're living way back there in those days where kids were sent away to school. And, you know, they were raised by the church, shall we say. We'll just keep it nice there. And maybe that wasn't a bad idea, but I'm just trying to come up with some metaphor here and get you back to editing. You don't want to turn over your whole book to be written by someone else. What you want to do is you want to own the ideas that you like most, that are dear to you, and you want to start working with an editor that can help you develop those ideas into a book. You might have to, as you go along, work with a second editor that will get out their red pen and give you wonderful advice about your word choice and maybe even the order of your paragraphs, maybe even the order of your chapters. That, that's kind of in the middle stages. But in those early stages, you want to be working with an editor or a coach who is developing ideas alongside with you who is making sure you are navigating your way as thoughtfully and as precisely as possible. It would be be a little different if you surrendered it all to a ghost editor because they would just, I'm sorry, a ghost writer because they would just interview you and from there they would write, you know, 180 pages, 220 pages, 250 pages, And then you would sit down and read it, and if you felt good about it, it's a go. 
But if you don't feel good about it, you've already paid them. And they, yeah, they want, they want a few bucks for that job. A good ghostwriter, 15 grand. My suggestion, trust your ideas. Trust that you have something to work with and hire an editor. In the developmental stages of editing, meaning when you're in the ideas and the planning and the outlining and the sketching and the early days of drafting, that might run you about 3000 to start. And that would be an excellent investment of your $3,000. If you can only afford to hire an editor in the early stages or an editor in the later stages, I would say do it in the early stages because an editor in the late stages, where they're just looking at your words, they're just looking at syntax, they're just seeing if you got that punctuation right. If the ideas didn't line up, they're not reading for that. They're not looking for that. They're not going to talk to you about that. Even if in the back of their mind they're thinking, I'm not so sure about this book. You didn't hire them for that, and they're not going to share that with you. It's all about the words at that point. And words are great, but they can't compete with ideas. So let's take your questions here. Last week, we got a great question from Josie. Unfortunately, it came too late to fit it into the show. But she asked, what if I write my whole book and my editor tells me to start over from the beginning? And then she went on and talked a while about that. I just brought in this question because I think it's one of the biggest fears that keep people from even starting, let alone continuing on their path after their, you know, two, three chapters in, this nightmare happens. And you think, oh my goodness, I have no idea if this is any good. What if I have an editor that says, no, no, we've got 120 pages here, but it's just not going to fly. So you're going to have to start again. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll tell you that that's rare. That's very rare. But it is a, it's a nightmare. It's kind of like the, the alligator under the bed. It's something we make up. It's a superstition. Usually we make up that sort of superstition because we're not sure if we really, really want to write all this anyway. So we, we start to fear that if we get real far into it, there's going to be some critic out there, maybe even the editor that we choose to pay. And they're going to tell us, no, you're ready for the drawing board again. Really, when you hire an editor to work with you in those early stages, we talk about this as the developmental editor, the one that listens to your ideas the one that helps you go from having a mass of ideas to having a succinct outline of ideas. That person, that person that you talked to before 
you invest your time and energy into 80 pages, 120 pages of writing, that developmental editor is going to help you be really clear before you get going. There's not going to be any need to tear up the whole thing and start again. That's just a nightmare. It's just a superstition. Any great mind can do it, including yours and including authors that have a lot of experience having their books out in the world. I was just working with an author in the early part of the year who came to me and said, I just had the worst dream last night that I left out my main character from the entire book. And I went, wow, isn't that crazy what the mind can do to you? And he went, oh, my mind did that to me? And I said, well, of course. You were just having a nightmare. That's all that was. And he's like, but but what if I ever did that? And I said, no, no, no. <laughs> That's a nightmare. That's all that is. But isn't it interesting how we allow our mind to have so much power that we start to think that some of our weirdest, trippiest superstitions might actually one day come true. They're not going to happen. I promise you. I understand where nightmares come from. They come from yucky thinking, from scary thoughts, sure. But as soon as you wake up, guess what, my friend? The nightmare's over. And what I have found, because even though I know how to do high-quality editing, when I am in deep in a project, don't think I do it without an editor. Oh, no, no, no. I am always speaking with that person, staying in very close touch with that person. Why? Well, number one, because they keep Coach Debbie sane, and, and we need that. We need a little sanity check while we're trying to put our vulnerable, lovely thoughts on paper. We need someone to say, ooh, that's so good, or ooh, where are you going, sister? We need someone to keep us in check. And that's what a great developmental editor will do. Just a quick review. After developmental editing, you might work with the same editor in what's called the evaluative stage. Or maybe you skipped the developmental editor and you're worried. So you hire the evaluative editor. And this is the person who sits down and says, all right, you got half your draft done. Here's what I think you should keep. Here's what I think we should just sort of carve and sculpt and make just a little bit more detailed. And here's the stuff that, honestly, you might, you might want to put that in the trash. At the same time, if you start at this stage with an editor, an evaluative editor, it's fine. You're not too far in to get their advice, even, even if they said that a third of the book didn't belong here. If they said the trash, well, they're harsh. But if they said this, this, 
chunk of the book does not belong here, you can easily save that chunk for book two or three or four or five. Maybe it just doesn't belong here. Going further into the editing process, you might then work with a content editor. And this is the person who, because you've said your book is ready to go to print, they're the ones who jump in and they make sure everything's in order. They make sure that the words are looking good. They're a step before the line by line. They're really making sure that that chapter one should precede chapter two and that you didn't get it the other way around. And they are starting to get into the details. But the real, 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 real details come out in that fourth level of editing. And we call that line-by-line editing. But I promise you, if you're not working with an editor before you get to this stage, the only thing they can do is make your sentences and your words pretty. If your seams are out of whack, if your style is lacking, if your tone is inconsistent, if you forgot your main character, but you're not going to do that. But if something big happened, they're not going to help you. It's not why you hired them. That was up to the earlier process. So just to review, we develop, we evaluate, we look over the content, and we edit it out line by line. Those are the four stages we talked about in last week's show. If you missed it, boy, I hope you go back and take a listen. But if you want to go on, stay with me. I'm going to take my first break right here. But when we come back, more about editing. Hi, this is Marilyn Milano. If you love animals, then please check out my new show, Love Has Many Faces, Tuesdays from 9 to 9.30 a.m. right here on Alternative Talk 1150. I'll be talking with rescue groups, animal advocates, and other organizations that help animals, sharing their stories, and giving our listeners some tangible ways in which they can help make a difference. That's Love Has Many Faces, Tuesdays at 9 a.m., right here on Alternative Talk 1150. Raising awareness, touching hearts, and saving animals' lives. Alternative Talk 1150, the talk of the sound. Welcome back to Story You Talk Radio. Today we're offering a part two. Last week we had part one on editing. I didn't even know it was going to be a part one. But I received several questions about editing and some led me to believe that y'all would like a little more information. So that's what we're doing. Last week, we talked about four stages of editing that started with your great ideas and took you right up to that point when the last word on the last page is checked. The very, very last word all the way through. What we're talking about today are some things that a lot of people don't think about, which is how do I hire an editor? What happens if I want to write more than one book? What happens when 
I actually do get an agent and we are going forward with a publisher and now it's time to write all this stuff I didn't think about. Like, what about the back content of your book? Have you ever noticed that? That's the the synopsis of your book. And, and they'll tell you they either want three paragraphs or ten sentences that summarize what you've done with this book. It can be mighty tricky when you have been in the trenches with your book for, say, six months, maybe even a year, to get that into ten sentences? What is your book about in ten sentences? Yow! That is going to take some concentration. But your trusty editor can help you with that, just as she has helped you all along with all of the other tasks that go into planning your book, making sure you have outlined your book, making sure that what is main stays main, what is in the background stays in the background, and what never belonged gets out of that book. You might be able to use it in another one, but get it out of this one if it's not contributing to the success of this particular book. That editor is also, or maybe you've switched over at this point, to someone working on your content. That would be a good editor to help you with the back matter of your book. We often call that the back matter. Guess what else you're going to have to do back there? You're going to have to write a bio, short for biography. I've got a great gal that does this. Her name is Carolyn Mays, and she is in the Portland area. If you'd like to know more about her, I can put you in touch with her. And she she has a brand called Switchblade Lemonade. And I, th- I think that would easily help you find her on Instagram. But like I said, I'd be more than happy to help you get in touch with her. Man, does she know how to write a killer bio. I can tell you this, there's there's nothing more scary for me when I'm doing speaking events or things like that, and they say, and then we'll just need your bio, because often they want one that's sort of particular to their event. I just, I get weak in the knees, I get nervous, I don't know how to, how to talk about myself, because all of a sudden, I feel like I have to be a salesperson for myself, and I don't want to do that, you know? It's like when you want a great pair of Levi's, you go to Gap, right? And the Gap sells you on Levi's. How hard would it be if Levi Strauss had to stand there himself and sell you on his brand? It can be a little tricky. So sometimes, again, you need some particular support, editor or otherwise. It's a hundred times easier for me to coach someone through writing their bio than it is to write my own, really. <laughs> and and I giggle at it because I, I think I'm good at helping others do theirs. But ooh, yeah, all the emotional stuff comes up when you got to do your own. So if that sounds familiar to you, if if every time someone says, well, what's your elevator pitch? And you think, oh, man, I don't know. Well, of course you don't, because it's emotional. It's tricky. It's difficult. 
Let someone else put those beautiful words in your ears so you can practice saying them and practice writing in and sharing them. Another thing you're going to have to think about with editing is your query letter. Have you ever heard of this? This is what you're going to do when you know that you want to work with a, an agent or a query letter for more of a traditional publisher. This happens at the stage where you've already worked with your editors, your manuscript is ready to go, and now you're basically putting the pitch out there for an agent to do some of the, the hard work for you and find out who is publishing in your genre where you might want to send out those first three chapters or so for review, what time of year to do it, how to write it out. A query letter often um, is going to have, well, let's say that there's a particular agent you want to work with. A good agent will have on their website the exact points they want you to make in the query letter. Now, again, if you're not feeling that you can succinctly summarize your beautiful book, you're not ready to do it. This is something you're going to want to do with an editor. So I hope I am parting on you that your relationship with your editor is really important. Boy, I, uh, let me tell you a story. Oh, this hurt. This hurt really bad when it was happening. It's a good thing it's long ago. But once upon a time, Coach Debbie was working with a lovely client, and I was coaching him. He was liking the process very much, and we got to the end of his first draft. And this is where I take off my coaching hat for a little while and I put on my evaluative editor hat. This was a big project. It had a big price tag on it because I was doing big work that involved a couple of hats. Everything changed. The minute I took off my coaching hat and I put on my editor hat, ooh, he started to talk to me in a whole nother tone. It was like he was running his chihuahua all around the kitchen. Don't do that. Don't touch that. Get out of that. I want to know about that. No, no, don't do. It, it was terrible. And all of a sudden I realized, ooh, I didn't make it clear what I do in this stage of the game. So I went back and I made it clear. Hey, 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 I, I'm, I'm at a different stage now. I'm going to go away. I'm going to evaluate this. I have a small team of editors working with me. We all have a different task. This is our timeline. And we're going to see you in about four or five weeks. That's the deal. It's in the contract. Nope, nope. He went back to hurting me, hurting me like a cattle dog. It was not fun. It was so not fun that we just found we couldn't agree. And that was the end of our contract, thanks to Coach Debbie getting upset <laughs> and deciding, no, I don't have to do this. It, it has to be a relationship where 
the client, and that's you, and the editor, and that's the person you're going to hire, understand you're in this together because you both value the book. You both want the success of this. You both are looking for the greatest expression for your book. If you find out that you can't trust your editor or that you just have some little trust issues like I found out with my little friend back there, um, working with an editor is going to really feel very unpleasant. So rule number one, choose someone that makes you feel very comfortable so you can trust them. This is a relationship. Let's talk about four questions you can ask in order to hire the best editor for you. Number one, I think you should ask your potential editor about their training and their experience. Like I said, you don't want to be hiring that guy that tells you he was, he was the one that always edited his little sister's essays. That's just not going to fly. You're doing something very professional that means the world to you. You want someone who is not brand new. Don't hire someone brand new. You want them to have some years of experience, and you want your final copy to look pro. So they should be able to tell you about their training and their experience and maybe even provide you some examples of what they have done. Another question is ask about their specialty. There's some people that specialize in teen fiction, some people that are really into true crime, some people all they ever do is self-development and nothing else. What is it you're writing? You want someone that either you, you really align with them as a human being and a person you feel that they really, 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 really listen to you, or you align well and wonderfully with them, and they are very experienced in your area, your genre. That is their specialty. We can't always find someone in our specialty, so you're going to have to fall back on their character and experience and training. But if you can, man, Go with someone that has read books like yours, and they can offer you high-quality advice. I want you to also think about the fact, number three, that your timeline and their timeline needs to sync up. Are you the 10th project they've got going? Say no to that person. That person does not have the bandwidth to give you the time and energy that you want going into your book. Find out what sort of timeline is it going to take for round one. Will there be round two? Will you get to look at their corrections? Will you get to have a conversation? Or is there only going to be one round? Find that out. Before you go into it, find out if they use additional help beyond their own skills. Ask questions. 
How long is this going to take? What does it involve? And finally, I want you to make sure you understand their fee. So someone might say, oh, well, I, I charge $38 an hour. Now, that, that's, that's darn cheap. I usually pay about $100 an hour for my editors, and I, I go with someone that can work on my timeline. You, you want to find out what 38 bucks an hour means. Does that mean they get to read it for the next six months and they fit you in when they can? That's not your editor. Mm-mm. Does it mean that they make the first pass at it and that it's $38 an hour and they're recommending that you have a second editor for a second opinion? If so, that would make sense because then you could get a second opinion and pay that person 75 maybe $100 an hour to really go over it with a fine-tooth comb. There's no reason why you can't have a few people looking over your work and giving you opinion. But my only caution about that is you need to feel you trust this person up front. Remember, this is something you've been dreaming about doing. How many people write one book in their lifetimes? Out of all of the authors out there, most of them wrote one, not 10, not 25, one, because it's work. It doesn't mean you can't find ease and simplicity in the process as you, your coach, your mentor, your editor, work on it together. But writing a book, it's, it's not like riding a bike. No, no. So I want you to think about what are the questions that you can ask to make you feel more comfortable. Again, these are my top four. Ask about their training and experience. See if there's something that they have professionally edited that you may read. Ask them about their specialty. The closer it is to what you're doing, the better. But at minimum, you want to feel that you can really trust this person, that you have a really good feeling about them. Ask them about the timeline and the follow-ups and how many rounds of editing that they are including in their price. And be very, very specific when you hire them what sort of fee they are going to charge you and what it really means. Is it going to be divvied across the board with some other people? What does that fee mean? How does it fit in with your timeline? Uh, I also want you to remember that when you hire someone at the end stages of editing, we call that line-by-line editing, you will be paying a little bit less by the hour, but you will be, um, you will be surrendering your manuscript for a longer period of time. When you work with someone in the content, in the evaluative stages, you will be paying more by the hour if they charge by the hour. They might charge by the package. 
you will pay more by the hour for those early stages of editing. However, the timeline is about a third the amount of time, or they might package it in with their mentoring and coaching. Speaking of which, oh, Coach Debbie has this mentoring coaching story you membership coming up. I can't even tell you how excited I am about it. I will be offering it for the first time starting January 2023. But since you listen to this show, you can get in on a really, really, really cool offer. I'm going to tell you about that right after we come back from our next break. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Every person with a disability deserves equity in education, employment, and their community. Sherwood Community Services takes pride in serving all people with disabilities and their families since 1957, including in rural areas and non-native English-speaking communities. Sherwood provides service in Snohomish, Skagit, and Island Counties. Sherwood is open for referrals for telehealth and virtual support for children and adults with disabilities. To find out more, visit SherwoodCS.com. Sherwood, believing in abilities. Bored with the other stations? Hammering away on the same old talking points? Try Alternative Talk 1150 and get some variety. Welcome back to Story You Talk Radio. Today we've been going even deeper into editing. If you were with me last week, we talked about four really key kinds of editors that you might consider hiring when you are writing your book or your TED Talk speech or your full year of podcasts, any big project where you are going to be working on an editor. We got into the developmental, evaluative, content, and line-by-line duties of editors. And today we've been going on and looking at some of the reasons that you would want to interview, thoroughly pick out who it is that you're going to have as your editor, but also some of the, the long game situations that might not occur to you when you start writing your book. Like, how are you going to represent yourself in your bio that goes on the back cover of your book? Your query letter to an agent, are you prepared to write that? That's actually something an editor can help you with. Are you ready to write your book synopsis? Because if you've got a 250-page book, how are you going to write that now? in just two paragraphs and summarize what you have really, really honed in on in your book. But there's even a longer game. You might want to think about who are you going to work with as a publisher, and this is something you can talk to your agent about, let alone your editor, because you might want your book, are you ready, translated into other languages. As far as I know, 
translations can go into as many as, I mean, we're talking big time here, as many as 120 languages uh, for not as big time, but still big-ish, 59, 60 languages. But even, even if you are thinking, boy, I'm just an early one out of the gate writing my first book, you really think they might want this in Portuguese? Really? Oh, yeah. Your editor, and especially your agent, can help you know which publishers might be most suitable for you if there is a particular international market that you would like to reach. So that is just another long-term bit of the game that you want to be thinking about and that your editor and your agent would be able to advise you in. So again, really good to give a thorough and thoughtful interview to your editor. You want this to be someone you can really trust. Now, I can't say enough about getting mentoring and coaching. They might include editing as part of their package. I am including certain types of editing in my package. And I want to tell you about what I am rolling out for 2023. Because if you are listening to this show live and you're thinking, wow, 2023, that sounds like January, cold months. Right now it's 90, not that. But you know what? One of the reasons people do not succeed at writing a book is because they could not see themselves in the near and dear future writing their book. They couldn't envision it. They didn't see it happening. So what I am offering starting in 2023 is a six-month or one-year membership for people that want to create something big. And it could be a book. It could be a TED Talk. If you're like Michael, it'll be a podcast, and he is going gangbusters with his podcast. We only finished our work together a little over a year ago, and Voice for Chefs is going strong today. We also have um, the opportunity, if you like, to not necessarily work on that creative thing that you're making but the creative chapter for your life. Now, this might be for the person that's creating a vision board around, I want a brand new and wonderful career, or I want a brand new and wonderful chapter now that I'm an empty nester, or I want a brand new and wonderful chapter now that I have a huge challenge in my life that's scaring me, but I actually want it to go in a positive and learning and growth direction. Whatever that biggie thing is, in Story You membership, I am offering to my radio listeners for August the opportunity to get together with me and do some of that planning. And like I told you in the early days here with editing, we call that developmental 
editing. This is when you and I get together on Zoom, or for some, we get together right here at the radio station at the conference area, or we get together at a luxury hotel, and we sit down and have a thorough conversation about what that book dream is for you. What is that TED Talk you are dreaming up? What is that three-year podcast you are committing yourself to? What is that next huge chapter in your real-life career? Whatever it is, we dive in. Now, for August, if you jump in on this early bird special, I will throw in that developmental editing first meeting completely free. What that means is that you will have said, I am very interested in joining that 2023 membership. It's for members, right? It's not just a drop-in, hang-out thing. You're, you're committing to being in a small community with others where you're willing to have conversations about what we're working on And we use our own intellect and our experience and our desires to help each other go forward. In my experience, the person who involves themselves in the community finishes. And they are often the one who finish on the timeline they desire. It is a heck of a lot harder to go through something alone. Writing a book is not an easy thing. Even though we can bring ease and simplicity to the process, it is not easy to just get up every day and know what you need to do next. So this membership, Story You membership, is rolling out in 2023. The August special is for the person who says, all right, I want to start envisioning myself doing my big plan in 2023. I really want to consider that membership. If you do, that price for my developmental coaching and the whole series of that coaching is $2,000, that price will be exempt from your membership. If, for instance, you miss out on this August opportunity, you can still come January enroll. Certainly, you can enroll, but it will be at minimum $2,000 more because that included coaching editorial piece will be added in there as part of the package. And you just, you never know how feisty a coach can get between now and January. Might be even more. So, Sooner is better. You can plan right now for August and see, wow, if I sat across from Coach Debbie, I'd get to talk all these ideas out. I'd get to plan out my vision board. I'd get to walk around town and think of how I see myself becoming a writer and author in 2023. It's really, really good to get these juices flowing before it's time to start writing. Some things that are included in this package, 
One is this VIP editorial piece that I just told you about. Another is this idea that Teachable, which is a learning management system, will house all the videos and the handouts and the community chat where we can be together and you can be there on your own timeline to study and do reviews that will be included. There will be a certain number of sections. There will also be our monthly group Zoom meetings where you'll get lots of personal attention at those meetings because we're talking about, you know, a single digit possibly number of people, maybe eight or nine people in this group. The maximum capacity is 16. If you decide you want to up-level, you can have all of that stuff, plus you can have two private luxury retreats with me during that that one-year membership. You can also have daily, weekly email and uh, video access to me. You can also have uh, an elevated luxury package that goes just a little beyond the editing package I told you about where we do the developmental editing. So I want you to be thinking about the membership. This is an opportunity for you to not only get $2,000 of services completely free, they will be credited into your membership, but it will also put you in the mindset starting in August so that come January, you're ready. You are ready to jump in full speed ahead with your writing project. Now, the cool thing is that most people tell me, and this is summing up a lot of the questions I got last week, most people tell me, if I get an editor, will it save me time? No, it won't. It will save you in terms of poor quality. But getting an editor will not save you time as a writer. If you plan now in August, you can plan, and I will help you because I am a master at this, you can plan your time for next January through the end of July or next January through the end of December if you choose to be a one-year member. There are also ways that you can choose to be a six-month member and, shall we say, hang out for the next six months in a lower membership level where you feel very supported as an author going out into the world making your brand. We will also have the opportunity, if you get started in August, to be communicating about your ideas and how they morph and get shaped while you're preparing for January. We'll have the opportunity to see each other on the Zoom calls that are with the other people that chose to get started a little early and really, really wet your whistle around what it is that you see as the end product of your book. We might even, I've been thinking about this, 
of just throwing in for fun and for free, we might even have towards the end of 2022, say November, October, a online retreat where we do our book vision board. And this is so much fun. And the people that do this, again, they are walking and talking their vision as they go about their day. It's clear in their mind. It's all pasted up. It's somewhere in their home where they see it all the time. We're really, really laying out the groundwork in 2022 to make sure that in 2023, you are successful. I promise you this. If I can't see your potential for great success, I will help you find the services and what you need so you can get ready and go forward and do that before the membership. This is something I'm really excited about, and I would love for you to send me your questions. My email is debbie at coachdebbie.com. That's D-E-B-B-Y, debbie at coachdebbie.com. It's been my pleasure to talk to you more about editing. It is quite a process, but if you work with a well-developed coach and editor, I promise you, you will have the results you seek. Until next week, my friends, take care, keep writing, and namaste. Namaste.